What's going on, eaters and feeders? Welcome to another Meal Prep Biz 101 podcast where I discuss starting and growing meal prep businesses. Some of this audio is stripped straight from episodes on my YouTube channel, and some episodes are exclusive to podcasts, so you're going to want to make sure that you're subscribed to both so you don't miss out on any of my weekly content. You'll also want to check out MealPrepBiz101.com, where I've got tons of free content and resources like free software that will run your entire business, free boot camps, free ebooks, private groups, one-on-one consulting, marketing help, and much more. So head on over to MealPrepBiz101.com today and find the answers that you've been looking for. What is going on, eaters and feeders? Welcome to the first Meal Prep Biz 101 podcast that is going to be recorded just as a podcast from the inception of this podcast endeavor. My intention was basically looking at a way to get content out faster and easier so that I could be more consistent with it. The you know thought process behind that is obviously when I have to film, you may or may not realize what goes into an actual episode that I have to put up on uh, YouTube. It's you know getting out the camera and making sure the lighting is clear and sometimes using graphics and different backgrounds and all this jazz. With the podcast, I wanted something that would be a lot easier for me to execute. Sometimes I can in theory, just record a podcast on my phone. While I haven't gotten around to doing that yet because the audio would probably be complete garbage and it's hard enough with real microphones to make sure that the audio quality is nice and that the wire isn't somehow messing it up. It is arguably a lot easier than, you know, getting out the cameras and lighting and all that other jazz. So far, all of the podcast episodes I've been posting have just been basically stripping the audio from the videos, which isn't bad. And uh, I see there's definitely a benefit in that. I myself like listening to podcasts. I, I like YouTube and watching videos as well. But when I'm trying to multitask, it's not as easy to fit, you know, sitting down in front of a YouTube screen as it is, you know, driving with a podcast on or waiting in line with the podcast on. And I'm, if, if I'm not having a conversation with someone, I'm usually listening to an audiobook or a podcast. So if you're like me, I think you're probably going to be digging the podcast stuff. And I know I have been attracting some people who are specifically uh, just finding me through podcasts, which is cool. For those of you who may just be aware of me through podcasts, I do have a YouTube channel. Um, There's definitely a lot more content on that right now. There's also uh, mealprepbiz101.com. And if I can't put it into a video or a podcast, then it'll be on mealprepbiz101.com. Stuff like, you know, calculators and things that I'll build in spreadsheets and uh, software consulting. I do one-on-one consulting. I've got a private group. Actually, the consulting, so all that jazz, you'll find it on mealprepbiz101.com. And uh, before I finish that thought, or before I move on, let me finish that thought. And then all the videos where I actually started was on YouTube. YouTube was before everything else. And I started that back in the summer of 19. Um, so there's hundreds of videos on YouTube. Then 
the website. But speaking of consulting, the idea for today's episode was actually from a consultation call uh, or conf- I don't know. It's their video calls. I if if you're not familiar, I do one-on-one consultations that you could book through mealprepbiz101.com, and that's great for when you have specific issues that you want to get more in-depth questions about uh, answers, I should say. When you have more specific questions that you want more in-depth answers about, consultations are great because you and I can really dig in and go specific. And then what I also do is I record those, so I like that because. I also have done consultations and I've, I've done, you know, I've been on the other end of consultations, I should say, working with, um, you know, life coaches and, and anybody in that capacity. And I like being able to stay present in the conversation. So what I do is I'll record the consultations. You'll get a copy of that and you can refer back to it. And sometimes our ability to stay present and not have to stop and take notes and, you know, you have to worry about what I said and remembering all that jazz or noting it down um, we go all over the place and I really like connecting with people in the consultation calls or video chats I don't know what to call them anymore I don't feel like you should call them calls but they're video chats and it's kind of like a call in any case in this one we were kind of talking about and I've had this conversation multiple times on on different consultations the value or rather the importance of putting a value on your time, putting a price tag on your time. Now, it's it works in a, a couple of different contexts. And the conversation normally starts where I'm telling people to, you know, pull themselves out of the kitchen because a lot of you guys are starting your businesses as you know owner operators with a huge f- emphasis on the operator. You are a worker, and according to the cash flow quadrant, which I have a video on, and maybe I'll discuss in more detail. But according to the cash flow quadrant, which is a great book really short, simple book by Robert Kiyosaki, but it is uh, extremely valuable. Uh, if you're not familiar with Robert Kiyosaki or if that name is vaguely uh, you know, ringing a bell, he's the Rich Dad, Poor Dad guy. And he is, that's, Rich Dad, Poor Dad is one of the first business books I really read that kind of like started turning light bulbs on. Cashflow Quadrant basically says, you know, if you're working for your business, you are an employee of your business. You're not really a business owner. You might own the LLC, you might be paying all the bills and all that jazz. But if the business doesn't run without you showing up and working, you are an employee of your business. Not necessarily a bad thing. In fact, that's sometimes a necessary step to move your business forward and to, to create it. But bringing back to the, the conversation, the importance of putting a price tag on your time for those different roles will help you come up with an idea as to really what you should be budgeting for when you start scaling and hiring people to do that. So for instance, a chef, you know, when you're first starting off, let's say you're a one man shop and you're the chef and you're doing prep and you're packing stuff and you're doing customer service calls and you're doing sales calls and you're doing delivery. What I think is very important for you all to get in the habit of and develop the discipline for is, okay, I'm spending this much time in a delivery driver capacity, where from this time to this time, I put this many hours in as a delivery driver. Average delivery driver, I could expect to have to pay somebody X amount of dollars an hour or whatever pricing metric it's gonna be. That's how much this is gonna cost me. When I'm shopping, I don't necessarily have to be a chef to shop, so maybe I could pay somebody at you know X dollars an hour 
to do the shopping or to do the plating or to do the customer service calls. Whereas when I'm working as a chef capacity, I'm going to have to be paying a higher dollar amount. And chef is probably in the beginning where you're going to see the, the largest hourly expenses allocated. The reason why that's important is a lot of you guys have these uh, false perceptions of profitability in the beginning. And this is going to go into much more depth as far as valuing your time. But in the context where a lot of these conversations start is that false perception of value. And then when you're like, okay, well now I do have to hire XYZ position. I do have to hire a chef or I do have to hire someone to help me do this. You have been basically keeping all the profit without thinking about how much your labor would have been costing had it been somebody else doing it. And now you're getting to that point where you have to have somebody else do it. So it becomes a price shock and you're like, wow, I have nowhere near as much money left over at the end of the week. I thought I was making, you know, a thousand dollars and now I'm really only making 400 bucks and it's the same amount of money coming in. It's the same amount of units going out. Where'd all that profit go? Well, you weren't considering what you were contributing. You weren't putting a dollar amount to that. So that's where it normally starts, this conversation of putting a price tag on your time. Now, I want to expand into appreciating all sorts. It really go all over the place as this conversation did. And I, and I love getting into these conversations where it really lets me know that the other person's on the same frequency. And a lot of you guys, when I get on these one-on-one -on -one conversations, that's why I love speaking with entrepreneurs. I feel like entrepreneurs are tuned into this frequency. We are alive and awake in this game. And a lot of other people, not to you know, speak negatively or take anything away from them, but I feel that a lot of people are just sleeping through life or they're just, they're here, they're showing up. There's a term that's coming up and it's growing in popularity, an NPC. And in video game ter terms, that means a non-player character. That's the characters who are in the video game that you're playing, but there's not a player on the other side of that versus if you're playing a game like, you know, Call of Duty, you're going online and everybody who's moving around when you're playing online, everybody has somebody, a real person holding a controller at the other end of that. So an NPC would be just software character. You know, they're not real. And I feel there's a lot of people in life who are kind of like that, where they're not thinking about life. They're not being proactive about it. They're not making decisions and looking how to change and really setting their, their sights on a goal and I think that's the correlation that I see with entrepreneurs. That's why I feel like we're all tuned into the same frequency and we have these conversations that no matter what your background is, where you came from, the color of your skin, your gender, your age, you're tuned into that frequency and we're speaking the same language and you know, we're attracted to the same material. Maybe we haven't read all the same books, but like if I recommend a book to that person or they recommend a book to me, they, you know, it feeds that that little that hunger that we have that that we that we we only get by being tuned into that frequency. So in any case, I'm having one of those kind of conversations with this recent uh, consultation. I'm not sure if I want to use names and business names yet. I don't want to put you guys out there without permission. Not not that there'd be any negative effect for that, but in any case, just to respect privacy and privacy, I won't mention the name or, or company. The person, the individual, um, will know who. I'm, I'm speaking about and uh, going back to the conversation that was inspired or going back to uh, the conversation and I guess the topic that inspired this podcast, we also started going down the rabbit hole of other ways that you value your time. And 
it's not as direct as just putting a price tag on your hour, but it's also operating differently. When you start putting a price tag, and you, you figure out what that price tag is. When you're doing those different roles, obviously that chef, you know, when you're, you, when you're Casey the chef, I can't be pricing myself the same as Casey the, 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 the consultant. I charge $100 an hour for my consulting, and uh, I actually think I'm, I'm going to have to be raising that uh, I got to figure out how to do it just because there's more of a demand than there is availability on time. So I, I want to be able to help everybody and talk to everybody. But there's, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, you have to appreciate the amount of time that you spend on one task means that you can't put that time towards another task. And as it, it may seem like when you look at these tasks individually, it's like, yeah, I could do that. Yeah, I could do that. Yeah, I could do that. You could do each one of those things individually. Yes. But when you start stacking them all up and they have to be done in the same day or in the same week or the project doesn't move forward and you don't get closer to your goals or not as close to the goal as fast as you could had you, you know, enabled somebody else to do those things, that's where you're going to start seeing that maybe you're not valuing your time and maybe you're not delegating and prioritizing accordingly. So when you are the chef, you have to realize Nobody else is, theoretically, unless you have business partners, nobody else is working on your marketing campaign. And that means that it's not getting done. Nobody else is establishing relationships and networking. So while you are doing what needs to be done, and it is going to cost you more money right now to get somebody else to do that, you have to realize what that's going to free you up to do. So let's say as a business owner, you want to put a $100 an hour price tag on your time. Make it $1,000. Make it whatever you want. But make sure that when you assign that number, and it can go up, you, you know, be you, use some humility and just say, okay, maybe I'm not at $100 yet, or maybe I'm, I'm not at $1,000 an hour yet. But every year, you should be getting closer to whatever that number is. Your time should be more and more valuable because number one, law of scarcity, there's less time. I mean, not to get morbid, but we are going to be dying at, at some point and every year we're getting closer to that so we have less time available so our perception our value on the time that we have should go up but also if you're learning constantly then you should be smarter and better at what you do next year so you should be increasing your time so while I have to pay I'm just using round numbers this is all don't 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 look at the numbers as anything other than just examples because I don't want you guys going, okay, well, that's that's way more than I pay for this or that's way less than I could afford to pay for this. But let's say you're paying, a, you got to pay a chef 20 bucks an hour now to do the chef work. But let's say you're valuing your marketer, your business owner, marketing, networking at $50 an hour. Well, you just, it's a $30 difference right there. Because now instead of you having to spend all those hours being the chef and then taking the hat off and putting the, the other hat on, the marketing hat on, now you have, again, don't get stuck on the numbers. You got five hours of chef work and five hours of marketer work. That's taking up 10 hours of time that you can't get back. That's 10 hours out of that day, theoretically, that you can't get back. Whereas if you can delegate five hours worth of work to somebody else and that's costing you twenty dollars you're you're keeping the thirty dollars that you would be paying yourself as a marketer for each one of those hours see what i'm saying and now you have five hours left over instead of that ten hours being spent up by you 
playing a chef for five hours and then a marketer for five hours. Now you have five hours of marketer work that you're doing and you have a chef, someone else stepping in and being paid $20 an hour. Now you have five hours to yourself. You see what I'm saying? So now you're getting those five hours at $50 or whatever back and you could spend it on other projects. You could spend it going to the gym, spend it with family, whatever else you want to be doing, you now don't have that time consumption as severe as you would when you're working that full 10 hours in this hypothetical situation. So another way to, to look at you know expanding your value or increasing your value, expanding your knowledge base is one thing I love and it feels like a hack to life and a lot of people I think if you thought of it this way, you'd be more excited about it. But it's books. Books or any form of learning from somebody else. But let's stick to the example of books. Let's say that you're reading a book by a guy who's got 10 years in the field. He's got 20 years in the field. Psychology, whatever it is. Tony Robbins. He's got decades in the, in the field. You're reading a Tony Robbins book. You are able to benefit from those decades that he had to go through, not only the time that he had to spend, but the money that he had to spend, learning what he has now distilled down into a book. So that's like a, a hack, and you can get lifetimes and lifetimes and lifetimes of experience by learning from somebody else. Now, it's all, not always going to be directly applicable stuff. Like there's not, you know, if you want to find a book on, meal you know how to run a meal prep business i've got my ebook but aside from that you're not going to find a book by somebody who's been in the business 40 years who's going to be able to distill 40 years of meal prep down into one book but you can find books on leadership you can find books on marketing you can find books on you know mental toughness and and self-help stuff as much as there's a negative stigma around self-help i think that's by people who are afraid to help themselves self-improvement however you want to spin it there are a bunch of skill sets and disciplines and sets of information that you will benefit from with whatever goal you have in mind that might not be directly that subject so obviously reading a book about real estate from a person who's been doing real estate for decades isn't going to directly help you with meal prepping, but everything else around that, where those where different businesses overlap, the one common de denominator is always going to be the entrepreneur who's the driving force behind it. So, Jocko Willink's book, he was you know military dude, now he's doing corporate consulting. And that's because there's a lot of overlap in leadership mindset and skill sets and the experience that he had bringing people through life-threatening situations. The top operators in their field, he's now bringing that and those those knowledge points over to corporate leadership so reading his books i highly recommend because they've definitely changed my perspective on leadership and again i don't have to go through years decades of military service and boot camp and all that other stuff that he did that's another reason why i like going to seminars and not just the free seminars not just the cheap seminars i've found that these guys price things accordingly when you are going to the more expensive seminars, you shouldn't be afraid to spend money on yourself because you have to look at it as, okay, it's a $5,000 weekend boot camp. If I'm pricing myself out at $100 an hour, 
I know that that's 50 hours of my time that if this saves me 50 hours of, of my time, if this makes me at least 50 hours smarter, then I break even. And the fact that I'm getting it knocked out in a weekend as opposed to that 50 hours of education would be spread out over who knows how long. Because there's not going to be one week in your life where you're just going to be like, man, I learned so much. I had so many experiences in this one week that it was 40, 50 hours of just nonstop learning. No, that 50 hours of education that you'll get from that weekend boot camp with Grant Cardone or Tony Robbins or, or whoever else, that's probably going to be spread out over months, years. How much time are you going to spend in between? A lot of that information is coming from mistakes. I assure you, a lot of these guys and girls who are putting on these seminars and writing these books, a lot of the information that they have that's been seared in their brain is because they learned the lesson by doing it the right way. They made a mistake. They sat back, they observed, they probably made the same mistake multiple times and like, okay, what's the common denominator here? What am I not doing? What am I doing wrong? So looking at how much time it took them to learn that and the fact that they're just spoon feeding it to you at a seminar or weekend boot camp or a one week retreat or whatever it is, there's been some very expensive seminars that I've gone to. The only possible way that those were not worth their dollar was me not doing anything with that information and not applying it because I assure you at least the seminars I've gone to when I've when I've spent five grand to go to listen to Grant Cardone at a seminar three-day seminar or something like that I was taking notes they have pamphlets and everything like that but if you're not actively taking notes it's going in one ear and out the other and some of the things that are so frustrating with these seminars is you get so revved up and ready to go that you want to just like put it on pause and run to the office and be like, all right, guys, this like it was so hard for me to not constantly be te like texting my office. OK, guys, we got to start doing this. All right. Here's what we have to. Here's here's the new sales strategy. Here's the new customer service structure. Here's what we're going to do in this situation. Like the ideas are just flowing. You've got to really pace yourself, stay caffeinated, stay hydrated stay fed and make sure you've got some backup pens and some backup paper like bring a notebook because you are now going to be getting an abundance of information that is worth at least five thousand dollars probably worth ten times that easily if you apply it if you don't apply it then you could be spending a million dollars on a seminar and it's not going to be any good it's it's only worth what you're willing to make of it and Tony Robbins, he's mentioned, I've heard him mention this in a couple of seminars, there are people who pay a million dollars a month, a million dollars a month, and I think they have to sign up for like two years in advance, and there's a waiting list for one phone call, one one-hour phone call per month. So they're paying a million dollars an hour, and they're committing to a year or two years, I forget how long. And you got to imagine, these are like the level of you know, Richard Branson or Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos kind of people. But that hour is so worth it to them at their level because another thing you got to think of is like as you go up in skill set, there's fewer and fewer people who you can learn from. Like if you're a brown belt or if you're a white belt, if you're a yellow belt, you could learn from just about everybody. You got a blue belt, cool, you could teach me a bunch of stuff. But as you get to brown belt, as you get to black belt, there's fewer and fewer people who you can learn from. So that's why the value and then also your time 
is also going to be inherently more valuable, right? So anything that saves you time is then going to naturally be more valuable. But then also the people who are able to save you that time, they're more and more scarce. And as we mentioned before, the law of scarcity means that they are naturally more valuable. So that's why it makes sense that someone like Elon Musk, or maybe these are people who aren't even on that level. This might be you know, record producers or someone who's in the background of business and not like these names who we've even we've even heard of or think of when we're thinking like who could spend a million dollars an hour and commit to, you know, 24 months of that. These are people who are trying to get to that Jeff Bezos level and they know that they can compress years or decades of time and effort and expense by giving Tony a million bucks and helping helping themselves with Tony's perspective, who's also, by the way, talking to all these people. He sees the similarities in their struggles. He's seen what worked for Musk or whoever else he was talking about. So again, increasing his value because of the experiences that he's had, not only himself, but also through all the people he's coached. So these these price tags sound crazy. And I think also the price is... The price is correlative. Like, I there there are consultations where I know for a fact we discuss information that is in videos, and for some reason, and the the, the people sometimes mention, oh yeah, I do, I remember that video on that. But then the next time we have a consultation, whether it's the next week, we have people who are on weekly consultations, uh, biweekly, monthly, and some are just random. But when we follow up even though they had this information already from a previous video, when I have that follow-up call with them, now they've implemented it. Why? Because they just paid $100 an hour to hear it again. Now there's more value on that information. It, there's this psychological thing, and I know Grant Cardone has discussed it in um, one of the boot camps. He was saying when he first started out, he was doing free seminars and things like that. And he'd have a bunch of people show up, but he'd have people who he'd see people playing around on their phones and they'd be walking out and they'd have, you know, catering outside of the auditorium room. And they'd, he'd see people like just taking off and, you know, doing, you know, by the halfway through the, the first day, you know, there's, you know, 10 or 20 percent of the seats are empty. And it was the same information that he was later charging more and more money for he's like it's the exact same information the same exact content but when i start putting a higher price tag on it people value the information more less people are playing around on their phones less people are going out and digging into the catering outside of the auditorium less people are leaving halfway through and he's like you better bet when i charge five thousand dollars a day those seats have asses in them all day. He says, I have to stop for bathroom breaks. Otherwise, I know some of you psychopaths are going to piss your pants. Pardon the language, but literally piss your pants sitting here, making sure you're getting every single penny out of that five grand that you paid. He said, what changed? The information didn't change. Grant Cardone didn't change. You could argue it's the same people, but the value, the perception of value. So when you're willing to value your time more, you're willing to pay more 
for what you spend your time on, for the instrument and the content that you are using to make yourself better. When that happens, it's, it's a magical thing and it's all perception. If you're looking for answers to questions or problems that I don't cover in any of my videos or content, then you may want to consider booking a one-on-one -on -one consultation with me. We'll do a deep dive into your situation and obstacles to find you solutions and remedies to get you where you want to be faster and easier. After growing Fit Food Fresh, the Florida's highest rated meal prep company from nothing, I can assure you that I've made most of the mistakes and dodged most of the bullets, and I can give you a perspective that will help you see around corners and solve issues that you don't even see coming. We'll book an hour at a time as needed, and I record every session and give you a copy so you don't have to worry about taking notes, just focusing on the problems and the solutions we're discussing. To book your first hour, head on over to mealprepbiz101.com. I'm excited to learn more about you and your service, and I look forward to helping you grow as a business, as an entrepreneur, and as an individual. There's this great book. If you don't believe it's about perception, I think a lot of you probably do, and it's all about tricking your mind. There's this great book called uh, You Are the Placebo. Or uh, is it the placebo effect? No, I think it is You Are the Placebo. Really interesting book. And it's really just talking about the powers of mind. That's the most recent book I've, I've read that's mentioned that. And I think it's really well done because it does discusses kind of like some woo-woo kind of stuff, which depending upon what you're into, that may or may not be palatable for you. But I think it's especially palatable because the author is a doctor. So it's a mixture of scientific studies. And he's citing a myriad like dozens and dozens of studies where they ran out of morphine during like Vietnam or something and they would just in front of the soldiers he started when the doctors started having the nurses just inject them with saline which is just water just salt water basically and they'd inject them with sterile water and not always salt water I guess they'd inject them with water but tell them it's morphine and the brain is tricked into thinking it's morphine and these guys will pass out their pain is relieved and it shows how powerful the brain is so now when you start telling yourself that you're worth a hundred dollars an hour your time is worth a thousand dollars an hour something that's going to externally really solidify that is you your brain seeing you spend a thousand dollars for a boot camp you know, because it, it probably won't be easy the first time you spend that much money. Like Tony Robbins tickets, they're, they're, I think the cheapest ones might be just under $1,000. With inflation, I'm sure they're all, all more than that. And that's because there's so much demand. Like he's, he, auditoriums are only so big. He only has so many chairs. He only has so many days. If he were to do $100 tickets, you know, they, he'd fill every chair. But what's the point when he could charge $1,000 for a ticket and still fill every chair and still have a bunch of people who missed out, who didn't get the tickets? He's got, I think, the front row and he has diamond groups. And, you know, I know Grant Cardone's uh, stuff, uh, you pay a certain amount and you're in these different levels where you're obviously sitting closer to the stage. But then also at a certain level, you're having lunch with him. And those are limited. There's only like 50 tickets where you can have lunch with Grant. And I think there's a smaller group that he does every once in a while where you'll go back to his condo and you'll have dinner with Grant, his wife Elena, Elena, 
uh, I think marketing directors and stuff like that. And it's even more li uh, limited and intimate where it's maybe like five people. I don't know. But I assure you that those people are having those experiences and those conversations that go in, that, that go down in the, the luncheons and the intimate dinners and everything else. They're searing them into their brain way more effectively than a guy who's stumbling across a free YouTube video that Grant Cardone put out just for publicity. And like I said, and even Grant has said this, he's like, it'll be the same information. But when you start putting a value on your time, you start putting a value on the information, it clicks better. You know, I've, I've paid the most expensive attorney I've had so far, 800 bucks an hour. Now I will say, this gentleman was an attorney. He was also a licensed CPA. So I saw an immediate justification in the fact that I didn't have to talk to a CPA and an attorney to discuss these, you know, uh, certain matters. I could talk to one person, not have to make multiple phone calls and schedule different appointments or schedule it so all three of us could be on the phone. No, I talked to one person who had both sets, both disciplines in his brain and I didn't have to do the back and forth and I didn't have to have a CPA and an attorney argue on points or you know any of that jazz. So that was worth it. But I assure you, when I was speaking to him, we also weren't talking about the weather. When you start valuing your time and other people are valuing your time and they will only value, most often people will only value your time if you're impressing that upon them. This CPA, this CPA slash attorney, 800 bucks an hour. I did not have to talk to him about traffic, weather, or anything else. I had no intention or interest in that. And he wasn't trying to start up those conversations either. It was specifically about what the subject matter was. I also would spend sometimes a few hours before having a call with that person, making sure that I had all the questions I needed to have answered and all the points and counterpoints that I wanted to discuss depending upon what his answers to those questions would be. So I was putting in more of my time based on how I was valuing that person's time. And it's very easy. Attorneys are, I mentioned this in with meal preps, attorneys are some of my favorite clients because they already are used to putting a dollar amount on their time. So when you start talking to an attorney, and I always suggest you guys go after attorneys, when you start telling them that you can save them eight hours a week, that they don't have to shop, cook, clean, wait in line, push a cart around a grocery store, and they start doing the quick multiplication, eight hours times me billing 500 bucks an hour. Uh, it's four grand a week right there that this service is gonna sell, you know, save me. That's an easy sell. Where do I sign up? Take my money. So in that same aspect, I think attorneys, the attorneys I know personally, are normally pretty good with managing their time because their entire career is about them being, you know, not only mindful of that, but also very calculated with what they're doing, what they're talking about, and uh, all of the above. So start, again, put, figure out what that, that value is. Maybe you want to start with 50 bucks an hour because you've never made 50 bucks an hour before at your previous jobs. Whatever it is, every year, I instruct you to increase that amount now there's a bunch of ways that you can get to doing the arithmetic you could do well basically you know i created a company that is now profiting x amount of dollars a month i put in x amount of dollars a week quick division i'm worth this much an hour okay great i would still increase that 
maybe that's not something you're comfortable with, but in any case, I I strongly suggest you do it because you will not get to having the value of a thousand dollars an hour for your time if you don't start somewhere. I assure you, and you have to start prioritizing. I don't mean that you have to start cutting off your friends, but start getting more mindful with how you schedule things. Schedule time with your family. Schedule time to do the things that you like that you know aren't going to be moving your business forward or they're not moving your health forward or they're not making you more intelligent. They're not making you a better weapon. I have this this whole mindset where you know I, I need to, tomorrow Casey has to be able to kill today Casey. And today Casey has to be able to kill yesterday Casey. I have to be smarter. I have to be stronger. I have to be you know, in better shape, more tactful, have new information in my brain, have more refined skills, constantly getting better. But there are still date nights. There are still times where I understand the value of spending time with my fiance watching a show that I don't even care about, but she wants to watch the new Sex in the City, uh, just like that or whatever. Horrible writing, by the way. I can't understand how that show exists, but that's the time. That's what she wants to do. That's our little time together. I'm able to throw in my little jabs and make her laugh and point stuff out with the with the writing, so it's you know tolerable. We both enjoy it. Or we'll just go for a walk. I'd rather be jogging or doing something hard, but it's also good to have time off. But I think when you start putting a value on your time, you're going to schedule that time off. You're going to make sure what's the benefit of scheduling things, even personal things like having a beer with a friend or going on a walk with somebody or spending some time reading a a fiction book that isn't going to make you any smarter because it's complete fantasy, but it's going to be something that let you blow off some steam, lets you bring your mental gears back to neutral, lets you whatever, fill in the blank. When you start scheduling that where it's like, okay, I'm going to read a fiction book for the last hour of my night and it gets the box checked, but it doesn't get excessive. Or I'm going to, we're going to do a date night and watch some stupid movie. Like I love the Marvel movies. I've seen every single one of the Marvel movies, but I don't watch them over and over and I watch one and then I'm done. I don't get into uh, a lot of shows. I don't even have my cable hooked up on my TV, but if I did, I'm trying to think of the last time I was I was really into a show that couldn't be binged watched. But let's say it's you know the typical weekly show that comes out every Sunday night or whatever it is. You you give yourself that one hour, and before and after you are in whatever else mode. It might not be work mode. Maybe it's spend time with the kids mode. Maybe it's clean up the house mode. Whatever it is, but you give yourself that one hour and you schedule it. And you don't go above and beyond. You don't go, oh, what's going on next? Oh, oh, a new episode of this show. No, you give yourself that hour because you need to start feeling like anything else when it starts slipping into mindless channel surfing or babbling or, you know, frivolous content that you're putting in your brain or pointless time that you're spending, you're now paying for that. And that's what you have to realize. If my value is an hour, $100 an hour, I've got to pay $100 just to watch a one-hour show. On top of, you know, if I'm going to the movie, tack that on. Okay, it's going to be 
two and a half hours to see the movie, some travel back and forth, the tickets, popcorn, all that jazz, that becomes a very expensive movie night. When you're starting with a basis of $100 an hour or whatever you're assigning the value of your time. So not to say that you want to guilt yourself into it, but guilt can be a very effective instrument when you apply it the right way and by being mindful of your time and don't beat yourself up it's just like you know starting a a new workout if you went from never working out in your life or never dieting in your life and you went right into whatever the most hardcore workout the most hardcore diet is you're going to get burnt out ease into it do what you can don't don't do something don't set your expectations so high that okay i'm not doing from from sunrise to sunset, I'm not doing anything that isn't productive and moving me forward. No, take some time to paint and, and have the fun, you know, do the fun stuff, to have the stupid conversations with your friends, but start mitigating them, start tuning them down. Instead of having three different conversations with three different friends throughout the week, maybe everyone gets together for Zoom and everybody gets to catch up. That way you get the personal time in, but you're not having a 10-minute conversation that bleeds into an hour and a half. That happens to me. I've got some friends. Now they live in different parts of the country, but some very close friends from high school, my fiance knows there's no like 10-minute conversations that we have. We go on and on and on. And before you know it, it's been 45 minutes when it meant to be just like, hey, you know, where should I get the tux for your wedding? And just going to be five minutes, going to call John on and off. So if I was more conscious of valuing my time, but also there's conversations with, you know, John and Jay, my my friends uh, who I'm mentioning, my other buddy Dash, they happen very infrequently, not even once a month, unfortunately. I'm sure if we spoke more often, they'd probably be shorter phone calls. But value your time truncate the things that you want to do that are frivolous try to multitask them so instead of you know going for an hour walk that you don't feel is productive not to say that walks aren't productive but in my my position i don't feel like the walk is a workout but it is good to de-stress and connect and spend some time with my fiance but maybe instead We'll kill two birds with one stone and, you know, have a conversation instead of listening to an audiobook or a podcast while we walk. We'll spend some one-on-one time talking. And I'll get to that podcast or that audiobook some other time. Um, another, you know, an important thing is realize that if you're, as I mentioned before, you have to impress upon other people the value of your time. It might be a direct conversation where it's like, hey man, I'm trying to get in this new mindset where I'm, I'm giving myself a hundred dollar an hour time. So if I'm not productive, then I'm paying. I'm either making it or I'm paying it. I'm either earning it or it's costing me. So if I seem a little bit more short with you, you know, just understand that that's what it is. It's not you and me. It's no friction here. But you know, help me try to try to be on point. And you'd probably want to share that information with whoever you know you're most commonly finding yourself getting a little bit more frivolous with your time expenditure with. Uh, the people, if you, you have a small business and you have some other people you're working with, let them know, bring them in on it. Encourage them to do the same thing. It's something that I impressed the, the guys in my office. I said that. I was like, you know, you guys want to get beyond where you're at. It's within your capabilities, but it's also on your shoulders. You can do this, but it, it's not going to be done for you. As I said before, other people aren't going to go, you know what? 
the value of your time is now 150 bucks an hour. Like as I mentioned before, I'm I'm trying to figure out how how I can I'm going to probably raise what I charge for consolidation or I'm sorry, I'm going to raise what I charge for consultations. Probably going to grandfather in people. I'm not not 100% sure, so don't hold me to it, but I've been trying to think of that and I realized you know, one of the things I was I was mentioning is, as I said, no one's going to come to you and say, you know what, Casey, that call was so good, I'm going to pay you $150 instead of $100 an hour for it. I'm go- I'm gonna I I need to pay you more for that. That won't happen, and you have to realize that. So now the only re the only way I'll be able to charge more for my time is to demonstrate that value for the other person. Number one, but also convey that and it's on you to do that with everybody else because if you know if I'm talking to an attorney and he doesn't have my credit card he doesn't have my payment information and he's 800 bucks an hour and I don't know this how much time like how efficient do you think I'm going to be with the conversation if it's not costing me anything and I'm also completely unaware of you know I just bumped into this guy at a cafe yeah I'm going to talk to him about traffic and the weather and the guy, out of being polite, might be a little bit more indulgent in the conversation than he should be, than he wants to be. He might not want to be talking about politics and weather and traffic and all that other jazz to some idiot he just met in line at a coffee shop. But we're not engaged in the context of I'm paying you 800 bucks an hour. You've already got my, you've already got my credit card on file. You've already got my retainer. You know that. That second situation, the one I was in with that attorney, obviously I was way more mindful on what we were talking about. You have to impress that. It's also going to be awkward for that guy in the middle of a coffee shop to say, I'm sorry, I charge 800 bucks an hour for my time. Maybe we skip this conversation. Seems a bit rude, but you get the, the, the example. Now for a quick word from our sponsor, MealPrepBiz101.com. Regardless of where you're at along your meal prep journey, I've got content, tools, and resources that'll make your efforts easier and your endeavors more successful. If you're just starting out or maybe doing some research, I suggest you start with the free beginner's bootcamp. That'll come with a free ebook and order tracking system and tell you everything that you need to know in order to get started. If you've already started and you're looking to grow, maybe you'll want to book a one-on-one consultation with yours truly. I also have a private group, the Meal Prep Mafia, dedicated to meal prep entrepreneurs who are looking to share, grow, and learn together. Don't forget about the most amazing software that this industry has ever seen. It will practically run your entire business for you. And oh, did I forget to mention it's free? Check out all that and more at MealPrepBiz101.com. If someone's familiar with you and who you are, and those are going to be the biggest thieves of your time. It's not going to be the stranger at the coffee shop. That person's never going to take 10 hours of your time. By the time you're talking to somebody for 10 hours, they're not a stranger. It's going to be the half hour of babble by the water cooler. It's going to be the five or 10 minutes of the repetitive back and forth conversation that you always have with a certain employee. And this isn't to encourage you to be too abrupt and cold and callous with your communication, but you need to respect it first and then you need to teach other people to respect it. And by respecting your time, you're also encouraging them to respect their own time and to be mindful. And you're setting an example. As I mentioned before, time is scarce. If you're not valuing your time now, when are you going to start? And if you're not valuing it now, how are you going to value it 
more as you have less time. Again, you should be increasing the value of your time based on how good you are at what you do. You are getting better. You are getting wiser. You're getting more experienced. When isn't that more valuable? You are also running out of time. And again, not to get you depressed and thinking about the end of things, but let's be honest. There, there is an end to things. We are running out of time. Whether it's, you know, don't look at it as your lifetime, but this year. You want a million-dollar company this year? You want a $10 million company this year? Well, you waste five hours today, you're going to be more likely to waste five hours tomorrow. An hour here and there. You waste one hour a day, that's 365 hours a a year that you're wasting. You know, just one hour of having a five-minute conversation too long over here. Not saying that you don't have any conversations, but instead of 15 minutes, make it 10. Instead of a, a call, make it a text. Instead of a long, drawn-out email, maybe truncate it into a meeting. Or instead of making it a meeting that pulls together everyone's time, make it a concise email. Think about ways to be more efficient. I like Audible because it allows me to, just like with podcasts, Audible allows me to listen to books. And what else is even better, and I do this with podcasts and books, there's very few people who speak too fast for you to do this, but I, I speed that sucker up sometimes most of the time i'm listening at listening to stuff at like 1.5 times the speed so that means if it was an hour and a half podcast i'm done with it in about an hour if it was a 15 minute podcast i'm done with it in 10 minutes start thinking about ways that you can hack time to get more of your time back and then when you have that time also look at it as like how value how much money would you pay on your deathbed how much money would you pay to spend another hour with your family. You know, there's probably not a number that you'd put on that. You'd you'd pay anything for that. How about maybe let's not get as macabre and dark as deathbed, but let's just say for those of you who have who have children who have grown up could definitely relate to this. Let's say we fast forward and your kids 25. When your kids 25, how much how much would you pay to have that kid back at five again and just to spend a little bit of time and make believe land with that five-year-old you know what 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 is that hour worth to you well for those of you who are growing your family and maybe you've got you know i know tom up in new york his daughter is uh just under two now i think she man time flies yeah she's she's about two now or a little over two and I'm sure he's starting to think of all the time that he's putting in the kitchen and out at, at, at demos and lunch and learns and covering for delivery drivers. I bet that, that hour that he's doing that instead of spending time with his baby who probably looks like she's getting bigger and bigger every single day, I bet those hours are on his mind. Those are the things that we really need to think of in order to really stand behind it because any of us could you know arbitrarily throw a number oh my my time's worth ten thousand dollars an hour really do you believe that you know it's like kind of a little tangent but they say like if you want to make a change you have to change the information that you have you have to change your beliefs you can't just arbitrarily say my time is worth ten thousand dollars an hour what is what new beliefs do you have If you wanted to go vegan, a really effective way, I think this was in a Tony Robbins book, a really effective way to to 
go vegan, go visit a slaughterhouse, watch the process, change the information that's in your brain, become more attached to the situation. So going back to valuing your time, how can, can, can you convince yourself? Think about the things that are high priority to you that you'd rather be doing. Spending time with friends, spending time with family. Go spend that money on a seminar. See how that feels. It should feel good. It should be a mixture of like, man, you should have that, that you know, there's you stress and distress. You stress is positive stress. Distress is negative stress. Stress isn't bad. Stress is probably one of the best and most powerful things in life. But it's one of the best things in existence because used the right way, it'll make you stronger. It'll make you better. It'll make you more focused. So find ways to trigger you stress. Go spend more than you're comfortable with on a seminar. Maybe it's not going to be a $1,000 seminar. Maybe you won't start with that. Maybe it'll be an hour of consultation. It's a great plug. This is all a long commercial, by the way, for my consultations. I'm just kidding. But maybe that'll be it. Maybe it'll be that you know Audible membership for 15 bucks a month. Probably not. Honestly, that's probably not enough. It has to be enough to hurt you. It has to be more than what you've done. If you start spending $100 an hour for a personal trainer and you have that person from 6 a.m. to 7 a.m., what time are you showing up at the gym? You know, think about that. I guarantee, I, I don't think anybody for any of my calls has ever been late. I, You know what? I take that back. Some people have been late and... It'll, it'll either break down from like a technical issue, so it wasn't really them, they just had internet struggles, or some kind of emergency at the kitchen, so I understand. But aside from that, everybody else for our consultations is on time or early. Most of the time, people are early, and I'm the one they're waiting for, because I try to get in early, but normally I get in right on time, especially when I book the consultations back-to-back. But... Going back to the trainer, you're spending 100, 100 bucks an hour for that trainer. You are not going to be rolling into the gym at 6.15 unless you got it like that. If you got it like that and 100 bucks an hour is no big deal to you, maybe you are rolling in late. That means you need a more expensive trainer. That's what I think. That's the most effective way, external stimuli, to trigger internal change. But that's what I'll, I'll leave you guys with. I, I would set I would set some time aside to figure out what you want to realistically assign to your hour as far as a price tag. What are you going to do? And it has to be something you're going to follow through with. Don't tell me a million dollars an hour, $10,000 an hour, something stupid unless you're willing to externalize it. $100, that's a nice round number. That's a Benjamin. So that means, and then start acting as if. So that means if you put $100 an hour on your time, and right now my consultations, as of the recording of this, 100 bucks an hour, that means all I have to do is save you an hour. And I swear, if I can't save you an hour, hell, if I can't save you a year in one hour, I'll give you a refund. The, the amount of density that we're able to experience in one hour of a consultation will be 
depending upon what we're talking about, it might be years of trial and error. And most important, not just the time. The time is the most important commodity, I would argue. But when we're talking about the consultations, the money that you're spending, the amount of money that Grant Cardone or Tony Robbins have spent, because Tony Robbins isn't an oracle. He, he has a, a movie, I Am Not Your Guru. He is a student. Grant Cardone is a student. Grant Cardone knows what he knows about marketing because he spent a bunch of money on marketing. He is learning from other people. But that's costing him money. It's costing him time too. But one of the things we haven't discussed at length is the amount of money that a seminar with Tony Robbins or Grant Cardone or an hour of consultation with me or hiring a life coach or a trainer. A trainer is another great example. They might have a degree in exercise science. They, they live and breathe workouts. They've gone through what works, what doesn't work. They're constantly reading. They're spending money on extra certifications. They're putting all of that time and money that they've invested that you're able to get, again, distilled down into that one hour that you have with them as opposed to you figuring out all that knowledge by yourself, paying for all those books, paying for whatever else they had. You know, Time and money are directly correlated. So carry that forward with you. Start with putting a dollar amount. I think a do, I think a hundred bucks an hour is is probably a good place to start. Fifty dollars an hour doesn't excite me. Hundred dollars an hour at least with you guys. Myself as an entrepreneur, if I were to do the math of how much profit there is left over at the end of the month in a business that I've created, divide that by hours, I'd be I'd be way over a hundred dollars an hour. But I figured $100 an hour is a nice round number. And I honestly enjoy the consultation. So it's not like I'm pulling teeth. I, I honestly love doing the consultations. If I had an infinite amount of time, I would do them for free because I, I dig, like I said before, connecting with you guys on the wavelengths and everything like that. But if I were to use that metric, that arithmetic, that formula that I mentioned before where you take the profit of your company, you divide it by how many hours you put in, I think that would be a good place for you to start. It might not be what the business is doing right now, but where do you want it to be next year? Start acting at least how you want to be receiving next year. Where do I want this business to be next year? Can you make it a million dollar business? A lot of you already have. Our our effort, the first year not knowing what we were doing, not even doing it full time. First year was a hundred thousand dollars. Second year was over a million. Third year was over two million, and kept going from there. So, is it doable? We should have been able to do a million in the first year, but we started off. This was a side project. Both of us had our own businesses. I didn't even begin to consider myself anywhere near full time until June of our first year. So halfway through our first year, this was a side project that I did the billing on Fridays. I did some deliveries two days a week. But aside from that, it wasn't taking that. If I was doing full-time sales effort and all that other jazz, yeah, I definitely think it's doable to get a meal prep business to a revenue of a million dollars in the first year. So if that's where you want to be, because that sounds like a nice round number, 
you've got to think about how much now that's not profit but figure out how much profit you want to be taking home every month then think about what that translates to if you're willing to work 60 hours a week 40 hours a week 30 hours a week the less time you want to work for that same profit number the more your hour has to be worth which means the more you're going to have to be putting into yourself and i'll probably do another episode on on investing in yourself i think that goes hand in hand with this but i think this one's long enough but i want you you to feel obligated to put and this isn't just for you this isn't just so you can buy a rolls royce and buy chanel bags and all that stuff this is so you can now spend your time however you want it's because you have put enough value on your time and you've executed appropriately now you'll have the ability to have a 30 hour week or a four hour week or a zero hour week if you're skilled enough to get the machine running fully automated like that and now where are you spending your time the next business growing this franchise chain spending time with your family taking vacations you do whatever you want and that's that's the power that comes with putting that price tag on your hour but it's going to start and i guarantee you to get to that level you're going to have to have a much higher dollar amount on your hour than just a benjamin but start with the benjamin start with a hundred dollars an hour what are you going to do with that now you got to externalize that believe that within the first week make a decision and make a decision externally that reflects what you want to change internally show yourself that you believe that find a seminar locally sign up for a boot camp get a personal trainer get a life coach book a consultation do something that shows you that you believe your time hire a chef hire a $20 an hour chef or whatever you need to do and show yourself externally yes look at what I'm doing I'm putting money into somebody else to do this so I don't have to because I know, I don't just think, I know with absolute certainty that this is a smart move because I am worth more than 20 bucks an hour. So this guy can do it for 20 bucks an hour or whatever the hourly rate's going to be. I'm going to direct my attention over here because that's where it's more valuable. And yeah, I could have done both in one day and worked 10 hours or 12 hours, but now I'm going to cut that in half. I'm going to spend that other time that I've freed up getting that second part done, the marketing, the networking, the whatever, adding more to my plate if I need to, getting further ahead on other tasks, or investing in myself, getting to the gym, which I've been putting off because I'm trying to get the, this business off the ground, spending time with my family, which I've been putting off because I'm trying to get this business off the ground, reading a book, doing something other than trying to do everything myself because I don't value my time and I'm I'm cheap labor for myself when I'm not calculating how much my time is worth. Be aware of it. Observe how your actions change. Observe what you're doing wrong and what you want to change. Like I said, don't beat yourself up. This this is a marathon. Don't expect to do it and be perfect and, and flip a switch. This is going to be a process. Be mindful of what you could be tightening up on what you could be delegating, what you could be eliminating, what you could be automating, and where you can be investing in yourself. And again, change your external if you want to change the internal. That being said, thank you guys for tuning in. Again, this is uh, this is the first time I've, I've you know made a podcast that's just 
intended to be a podcast. Maybe I'll do a video on this subject as well, or maybe it'll just be a podcast. In any case, this is a great reason to make sure you're subscribed to both because there will be a difference in content. I've got uh, some ideas for clips that I, I think I'm going to start releasing. Not exactly sure on what format, but the clips are basically going to be, I was going to call them clips or cuts. Still not sold 100% on either name, but they're basically going to be little, uh, you know, one minute to five minute-ish sections of consultations where I'm answering something that I've seen come up a lot or uh, something that I think is a nice little distilled nugget of knowledge. So instead of a whole episode, it'll just be me answering one of the questions that comes up in the consultations. Of course, check out the notes in the uh, the description below. I've got some links in there. MealPrepIs101.com, YouTube, check out those assets, check out those resources, dive deep. And uh, as I mentioned before, I've got software, I've got the private group, which uh, I've just uh, moved over to Discord, I'm really excited about. Already having some great conversations on there that you guys should uh, definitely uh, join. There's going to be links in the notes below on that, and then also on MealPrepIs101.com. That's where you're eventually going to be able to sign up for that, or not eventually, but that's where you can now sign up for the uh, Discord group. And then uh, also, like I said, book a consultation if you've got some specific questions or you got some stuff you want to dive deep on and have, you know, a, a lengthy conversation. Short questions, Discord, the private group, that's probably good for it. Um, a lot of content already on YouTube, as I mentioned before. But if you want to go deep in some specific questions that you have related to your business and you want some specific answers, we could do a one-off consultation. I've uh, got, as I mentioned before, people doing monthly, bi-weekly, and weekly consultations. So wherever you fit the schedule, I'm more than happy to, uh, while I don't have a, an abundance of time, I do have some holes in my schedule, and I'd be happy to uh, schedule something with you if uh, that's something you think is necessary. But like I said, there's so much information out there. You know, you don't have to feel pressured if you're just starting off. You don't have any momentum going yet. Maybe it's a little too early, but if you got the business going, that's where the consultations really save you some uh, time and money. Common theme in today's episode, time and money. But again, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I hope it, I hope it was something you found useful. hope you uh, listened to it on 1.5x speed so you're able to save yourself some time. And I look forward to the next episode. And that's going to wrap up another episode of the Meal Prep Biz 101 podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I want to make sure that you've subscribed not only to the podcast, but also to my YouTube channel. And you're going to find links to everything below. But you have to understand, there's some stuff that has to be in video format. If I'm going through screen shares and whatever else, stuff that you need visual aids for, it's really not going to translate to a podcast very well. So it's only going to be found in a video format on my YouTube channel. There's also stuff that's only going to be done in a podcast because honestly I was too lazy to make a video on it and you're also going to want to check out mealprepbiz101.com because there's also some material that isn't going to be applicable to video or audio stuff like spreadsheets software 
consulting services where we could book a one-on-one private groups and so much more you're definitely going to want to make sure you check out all three platforms podcast youtube and meal prep is 101.com make sure you check out the links in the show notes there's always goodies there a lot of it will bring you to the aforementioned assets that i just uh, detailed for you as well as some free stuff so make sure you check all that out and don't sell yourself short you might be missing out on something good something that you need something that i'll answer some questions save you some time or save you some money but that's going to be it for this episode thank you again for tuning in and i hope you have an amazing week